a podcast of the Church at Indian Lake. It's really interesting that the, the Lord is already beginning to, there's, there's some themes working through uh, what Matt has said and what Beth's saying and Jonathan and what Pastor Kim said in the offering. The Lord just kind of weaving things through. In fact, part of me is wondering, hmm. Let's see, I really need to preach today. God, if you already spoke, but I know he wants to speak something. So let us turn in our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4. I want to talk to you today about deception. We've already, we already have commented on what a great outreach yesterday was, and, and, if, and we thank Larry and Barbara Birch. But if you have not heard, if you didn't see the emails, we have a new member of the church at Indian Lake, Jude Kingston David Huff. The newest son of Pastor David and Margie is coming home from the hospital today, so we are thrilled for that. And uh, Pastor David will, um, Pastor David uh, is very, very, and Margie is her birthday today, so it's Margie's birthday. So you might want to send her an email or text or something. But we're just very excited that that, that uh, the baby has had a, a little jaundice, but it has turned a corner in a positive way today, and they're on their way home. They might be home as we speak. So. We are very, very grateful for that. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about deception today. Now, here's a thought going through my head as I readjust the stage a little bit. When, you know, you see the title Deception, and and at first you're like, oh, no, this doesn't sound like a very uplifting message. And, And this is a time we all need encouragement, let's face it. We need encouragement. We need our hearts to be lifted. But I believe that, The Spirit truly wants to speak to us today about the dangers of deception. Because it's when financial difficulty comes is when we are often the most vulnerable to deception. If you don't believe me, go study the lottery. The counties where poverty is the highest. The places where more poor people are in a concentrated area is the exact same places where people put their faith in the lottery, which is a horrible investment. And yet our government oppresses the poor through that system. Whenever we have financially difficult times, we we tend to get very desperate. And all of a sudden, the infomercials in the middle of the night start actually making sense. Multi-level marketers, when they meet with us, We actually buy into what they say. So whenever we're in financial difficulty and we're in a place of desperation, we can easily be deceived. And I want to talk to you a little bit about deception this morning and what deception is and how it can come to your life. And I believe it's a very, very relevant message. Now, 1 Timothy 4, 6, I want to start there because this is one of the reasons I'm preaching this. When when you're a pastor, you, you have to give the full text. You have to give a full meal to people. Um, people who are special speakers who write books and then take those books around the world, people choose what they want to hear. If they want to hear about this subject or that subject, they can go to that conference or they can go to that retreat or they could now, sometimes you can pay Ticketmaster to go hear a preacher. Isn't that interesting? Um, um, I'm starting my tour this fall. I will announce it. But as a pastor, you have to really give a full, a full meal and you got to feed veggies to the people sometimes, right? All right, this, You can't just feed cotton candy. And Timothy means a lot to me because it's a letter written to a young pastor, and, and 
I still consider myself young. I don't know if all of y'all consider me young, but I'm going to consider myself young. And he said in verse 6, he said, if you point these, these things out to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus. That's in 1 Timothy 4, 6. So I want to be a good minister today. Now, what am I supposed to point out? Well, let's go backwards. Let's go to verse 1. Start in verse 1, and we're just going to look at verse 1 and 2 today. It says, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars who, whose conscience have been seared as with a hot iron. The Spirit clearly says that in the last days, some will abandon the faith. We, when we talk about the last days, we know that the last days, this was written 2,000 years ago, but the last days means that we are ready, we are prepared for the coming of the Lord. And that just increases, as time goes on, the intensity of being in the last days always increases. Every generation will look at different signs and say, we are in the last days today. And as time goes on, the intensity of what it means to be in the last days just increases. I feel that increase just in the 20 years that I've been aware of this issue. Now, here's where I feel the increase in. I feel the, the clear knowledge that we're in the, lost, in the last days, not so much in the government maneuvering, as, as we focus, the church focused on the 70s and 80s, you know, the bear from the north is Russia, and the lion in Ezekiel is, is England, and some of those things like that. Where the true tale is today is in the morality of God's people. The love of many are growing cold. The level of our righteousness, our holiness, our godliness is diminishing, and the Bible clearly says it clearly says that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Now here in verse 1, Paul says an interesting phrase. He says, the Spirit clearly says. Now there's a reference in Acts 15 where the Council of Jerusalem came together and they, they made a decision regarding what the Gentiles would be required. And the very interesting phrase says, it seemed to us the Holy Spirit was saying this. Now here Paul says... Paul says, the Spirit clearly says, meaning this was clearly understood by all people, and there is no doubt here. The, clearly, the Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith. Now, why is this relevant to you this morning? Because if you don't think that you are susceptible to deception, then you're deceived right now. If you don't think you're vulnerable, and if I don't think that even that myself or anyone in this room cannot be deceived and cannot move into an area of deception. We're self-deceived. We are to be alert. We are to be aware. We are to be growing. We are to be in accountability. We are to be in the fellowship because every single one of us has the potential to be deceived. Every single one of us are vulnerable to that. And I will conclude that we are even in a certain era of challenge and we are in an area of social upheaval and we are in an area of economic um, challenge where uh, psychologically the chance for us to be deceived increases even more. And so today, God is going to show us some things. Now, there's a, there's a man that I met, and his name was Coach Graves. Coach Graves had reached the pinnacle of his coaching career at Sam Houston Junior High, 8th grade. He was in his early 60s, 
And there he was, had reached the pinnacle of his career. And he so happened to be my eighth grade coach. And he, in case for some reason he finds this podcast, I just want to tell you, Coach Graves, I love you. You're a great coach. But moving on, I haven't talked to him in 20 years. Coach Graves was one of those guys who, and some of you might have had the same coach, that, that actually believed a water break was a reward. Like if you really hit people hard and played good, you might get some water. And, and to describe him as old school would be the understatement. We wore all plain uniforms, no decals, no color, no water, as I said, no innovation, no it, it, the, the type of offense and defense we run were, were primitive for the times. And on top of that, this is not a coincidence either, our, our nation is very deficient in history knowledge, and I believe there's a simple reason for that. Because football coaches tend to teach history. Now, I can only say that because that was my trajectory, my career path before uh, God called me to ministry. I was going to be do the whole teach history, coach football combo. So sure enough, Coach Graves, I was in his eighth grade history class, and, and there we would, you know, read a little bit of text, and then he would pull me aside, and we would talk about plays and that type of stuff. Isn't our education system great, especially in Texas? Uh, where, uh, you know, it's like history, football, way up here. So we, we would do that. Well, one particular day is that we were, uh, we, we were talking, and, and as it often happens in education, the, the subject just shifted to philosophy. So Coach Graves is overhearing some of us talk about religion and, and so forth, and he, he begins to inject his wisdom. And, and he said something that... I'd never heard before. He said, guys, could it be that all roads lead to the same God? Could be a Christian road. Could be a Hindu road. Could be a Muslim road. It could be any road, but all roads lead to God. And in my eighth grade mind, I thought, that makes sense. That, that really does make sense. That, that could happen. And so several days later, you know, I'm eating dinner with my family, and um, we're eating there. And my mom, who my wonderful mom, who's here today, that she corrected through facial expressions. She didn't have to say a word. She just had this evil eye that would just pierce you. Now, I know, for those of you who know her, she's the sweetest lady in the world. Uh, and it's hard for you to imagine, but also, you didn't see her with this eighth-grade punk named me. And so I decided to share with my family this wonderful theology that came from Coach Graves, the eighth grade football coach, that, yeah, it could be Jesus and it could be Muhammad. All roads lead to the same God. When I said that, my mom's face had all kinds of contortions that you just couldn't imagine. And I knew immediately that this was not right. But isn't it true that often that Stuff just makes sense to our logical mind. And the truth is this, that is the problem with deception. Is deception never comes to us, and it, it never comes to us in, in, a, in such a way that's unappealing or doesn't make sense. Deception is understandable. Deception is reasonable. Deception is something that we can digest and we can own from ourselves. And that is the whole issue there. And I want to just 
quickly highlight a couple of different types of deception that this scripture shows. It says in verse 1 that some will abandon the faith. And here's the first type of deception, and that, that is called apostasy. Apostasy is an important word. Because apostasy is talking about a total desertion or departure from one's religion, a total turning of your will against God. So I don't believe that we should all live in eternal insecurity where we're always wondering whether or not we are going to hell or not. You know, Jesus paid the full price for us to get to heaven, and if he paid the full price and we trust fully in him, we're secure in Christ. And if his salvation is it's done a work in our life, we are secure in him and we don't need to live in insecurity because he has made us a new creature in Christ. Yet, if we willfully turn our backs on God and say, God, I will not serve you anymore. God, I will not love you anymore. I'm out. That is what apostasy is. You might wonder, have I committed apostasy? And if you're worried about that, then the truth is, you haven't. Because those who have chosen to abandon the faith through apostasy have done so willfully and have said, I will not serve God anymore and I have decided that I'm not living for Him anymore. And the last time, the intensity of sin and the deceptiveness of different religions and all of the different things that are combating against our mindset, it's clear that many, many people are going to stray from God. Many, many people are going to turn their packs on God. And the truth is this, is that, yes, this is a difficult time, and there could be more difficult times ahead of us, but it's adversity is what bonds us together. I think about my relationship with Beth, and, and we can list over the last, coming up on 11 years of marriage, major, major issues and adversity that we've been through. And that adversity has been a glue that has made our marriage stronger. Think about that in a team situation, in a church situation. Adversity is the glue that bonds relationships. And so it is with our relationship with God. Adversity is what strengthens our relationship with God. And so when we turn our back on Him and we willfully say, I'm not serving you anymore and abandon the faith, we are missing out on the greatest blessing that could be ahead of us. This, the second kind of deception where deception comes is through deceiving spirits. How are people deceived? Deceiving spirits. And I want you to, to clue in today because when I said thematically what Matt shared with us about how uh, the people in the region of India, in India are serving demons, this is so true that we have to understand that other philosophies and other religions that don't line up with Jesus Christ are under the influence of deceiving spirits. And demonic spirits are former angels who have rebelled against God, and they come against our minds, and they come against the minds of people to have them turn away from the Lord. So it says there clearly in verse 1, it says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith through apostasy, and some will follow deceiving spirits. Now, deceiving spirits first came on the scene in Genesis chapter 3, when under demonic influence, the, the uh, serpent came to Eve and said this. This is Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. Questioning God, the deceiving spirit says, you will not surely die, 
For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God. Look at that phrase in verse 5. You will be like God. Can I tell you this, that most religious deception, if you get down to the core of what it is, it is trying to deceive you that you can become a God. And almost every religion, every cult, if you really begin to get to the core of what it is and what it's about, it's about self-exaltation. It's about you becoming a God. It's about in another life you having being in charge of stars and planets and having better karma. And we could unfold that. I could sit here and talk to you about that for another 45 minutes to an hour all day long is that all the cults have that, that same stream, that same um, common work is that you can become like a God. That goes right back to Genesis chapter 3. That Genesis chapter 3, the deceiving spirit on the serpent said, did God really say this, that in that day, your eyes will be open. You will be like God. There's a deceptive spirit at work. And here's the last thing, false teaching. False teaching. Teaching that is taught by demons. Teaching that has been taught. And there is a demonic influence on some of the lies. Some of us are meddling with other types of teaching and other types of religions, and it's, gone, it's going beyond education and moving into the area of fascination, moving into the area of, of, of um, being captivated by the subject. And you need to be very careful that you're not being influenced by demonic teaching. Demonic teaching is very, um, it's, it's very appealing, it makes sense, and it has an element of spiritual power to it. And that's why as God's people, it's so important that we stay grounded in the Word that we stay grounded in accountability, that we're on an upward path of growth. We're at an upward path of teaching. That's one of the reasons we're looking forward sometime this year in launching some Christian education classes so that you can become stronger in theology, so that you can become stronger and have some tools for your life because demonic teaching is coming to influence your life and, and it will deceive you without you even realizing it. A lot of times people will ask, well, how in the world is it that some preachers start out good, but as years go on, they begin to teach really strange things? They begin to teach things that don't even line up with orthodox Christianity. And I believe that that's addressed right there in verse 2. It says, such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. What he was referring to specifically in that context, in that day when there was a slave, and, and this is so barbaric, I almost hate to even tell you this, but it's going to bring truth to it. When there was a slave, they would brand that slave very much as, as we would do to cattle today. They would brand them on their forehead with a mark that would let them know they were a slave and who they were owned by. And when you're marked like that, you lose feeling. The nerve endings lose feeling. And you're not able to, to feel properly because you've been burned, you've been seared, you've been marked. And there he clearly says in verse 2 that those who teach these false teachings, even though they might have been good in the past and they might have started off well, how can they teach these things now? Their conscience has been seared like with a hot iron. They can't feel anymore. That's why it's so important that you sit under qualified people. I want you to hear me as a member of this church or if you're visiting. Who do you let speak into your life? 
Don't be swayed by charisma. Don't be swayed by your itching ears that you just want to hear something that makes you feel better. Now, I'm not against emotionalism. I believe that it's okay to get emotional in church because we are creatures with emotion, but I'm not led by my emotions. I'm led by the mind of Christ. I'm led by the Word of God. I'm not swayed by uh, someone's charisma or by always trying to chase after the latest teaching, the latest revelation. God has revealed Himself. The problem is not God revealing Himself. The problem is us applying what He already revealed. That's the issue here. That's what we need to do. And so don't be deceived by false teaching. I want to invite our musicians to to come up this way. Here's the last thing I want to share with you. How do we respond to this era of deception? I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want to, to... encourage you how to respond. And I, I just believe, I, I ask the Lord, Lord, where is your heart in this? What are you trying to say? Second Timothy 4, 5, I know it's the next book over, and it is so revealing, these words. Paul tells Timothy, and this book is thematic, First and Second Timothy are very similar. He says, but you keep your head in all situations. Second Timothy 4, 5, keep your head in all situations and endure hardship. Keep your head. Can I just tell you that I believe the Lord is wanting us to speak something today. We are not people to be deceived. Keep your head in all situations. It is not time to panic, people. It is not time to shrink back. It is not time to lose heart. We are not to be a people who are to be deceived. We are not vulnerable when we're standing with Christ. One of the things I wanted to talk to you is, as I open this message, I begin to talk to you about uh, the vulnerabilities we have in the financial areas right now. Some of us are feeling very vulnerable financially. And when we're doing that, there's a, there is a, a sense of desperation that comes over us. There's a sense of hopelessness that comes over us. Can I tell you that as God's people, you don't have to stay in hopelessness. You don't have to stay in despair. Can I tell you that wealth is built over time. There is no such thing as a get rich quick. That wealth is built over time. Wealth is built over consistent consistent good decisions. When you make good decisions over a long period of time, that is when wealth is built. Wealth is built by obedience, obeying the Word of God, tithing, saving, giving, living below your means, not being greedy, not being a victim to materialism. Why am I saying all this to you right now? I'm saying all this is because some of you might be at the lowest place you've ever been financially, but you're at the best place you've ever been to receive wealth from the Lord. That you are being deposited with wisdom from on high. That God is positioning you in such a way and you're going to look back and say, you know what, this was tough. This was hard. This was a time when I felt like I was at my lowest. But here's the great thing, that is when you're at your weakest, that's when He's the strongest. When you feel like you're the poorest, you might be richer today than you've ever been because you have more wisdom. You have more insight. You're closer to your spouse. You're more focused on your relationship with the Lord. And God is laying the foundation of wealth. Can I tell you that the release of wealth in this place is not connected to the stock market and it's not connected to what the treasury department says and it's not connected to what the government says because we 
we are of God's people and we are strong. We are strong in perspective. We are strong in faith. We know His principles. We know how to sow seed. We know how to give. And we are not going to be deceived. The world is hopeless, but we are a people of hope. That's why, like never before, do you remember what 1 Peter 3.15 says? It says this, In your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Like never before, we are to be people of hope. We are to be people of optimism. We are to be people who are looking to the future to say, God, my future is not, my best days are not just ahead of me. My best days are right now. You know, you are in your best day right now if you're walking with the Lord. He is laying the foundation. He is preparing the path. He's preparing the way for you. The reason I say that is, yes, you are vulnerable to be deceived. But you will not be deceived if you're walking with the Lord. You will not be deceived if He is your companion. You will not be deceived if He is the one that you love. Psalms 91. I want us to read this together. Put it on the screen. It says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. And and this next phrase grabbed my heart nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Can I tell you that sometimes that feels like our the Wall Street, doesn't it? Disaster striking at midday. We don't have to fear that. Why? Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Can I tell you this, that I believe that we are not gullible. We are not victims. We are not people who will be deceived of the devil, but we are full of truth, we are full of faith, we are highly favored of the Lord, we are being downloaded with new wisdom from above. Can I tell you, there's going to be fresh bread in this house, that the word of the Lord is going to come forth in strength and power like never before. God has sent His anointing reign. He has promised His anointing reign. His anointing reign is here now through Christ. We are richer than we've ever been. Through Christ, we are people of strength. We are promotable. We are advanceable. We are pregnant with the potential of God. We have healing. His healing in our hands. When we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. This is a great day. This is a day not to be deceived. This is a day to move forward. We have breaking new ground. I believe in Hendersonville. It's time to break a new barrier. It's time for a church that believes in the full move of the Holy Spirit, that believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that believes in the fresh reign of God to break through the barrier of 300 and 400 and 500. This is our greatest day. We have more potential than we've ever had before. We are not just looking to the best days that are ahead of us. I say through the name of Jesus, the best days are among us now. Can you say amen to that? Do you believe that? I want you to stand with me. We are His people 
We are not called to be deceived. We will not be influenced. We will not turn back through apostasy. And we will not turn our backs on God. We will not listen to deceiving spirits. The doctrine of demons. They don't have place in your life. Can I tell you that the doctrines of demons don't have place They don't have a place on your bookshelf. The doctrines of demons don't have a place in your mind. The doctrines of demons don't have a voice in your life. Some of you need to shut off some of the voices, the demonic spirits that are influencing you. Some of you have false teachers in your life and people that you know are taking you down a path. And you say, well, I like them. I enjoy them. They're fun to listen to. But they are not moving through the Spirit of God. They are not moving through the Spirit of God. And it's time to be that disciplined people that God's called us to be and say, no, we will not be deceived. No, we will not turn our back. Our greatest days are here with us now. Do you believe that? Do you believe He can do that? Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray. I believe that the Lord wants us to pray today for some of you need to stand in the gap for people in your life who are under deception, that they're under deception. I want to invite our prayer team down right now. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come to the left side, my left, your right, and this team over here is here to pray with you today if you're dealing with some specific issues. My, my message might not have addressed that. I know in a crowd like this, there's some of you that need employment. You need God to break through financially. You need healing in your body. You need a reconciliation of your relationship. And we want to pray for that. But I also want to pray with some of you who you need to stand in the gap for people you know who are under the deception of the devil. That the, the, their, their spirits that are deceiving some people in your life and you want, you want to stand in the gap and I want to pray with you on what some of our other leaders, if, depending on the response, will pray with you. And we're going to believe that God's going to open the eyes of those who are blinded. He's going to cause deception to be removed because when Jesus is lifted up, when Jesus is lifted up, it will draw all men unto Him. When deception blinds the eyes of, of people and we're going to believe for the blinders to come off. There are communion tables available for those of you who want to take communion. And we're going to sing a song. What are you all going to sing? As white as the snow. All right. Did I sound disappointed? Okay, that's all right. I'm not. <laughs> what I want us to do is I want us to create an atmosphere in here that as we're, st- we're praying for people who are standing in the gap, I want you to lift up Jesus. It's very important that we begin to lift up Jesus here. It's very important that we begin to exalt Him. It's very important that we begin to put Him first because as people are going to pray and we're going to pray for release of those who are deceived, it's very important that the presence of God lift our hearts. So I don't want you just to be a participant. When we start singing these songs, I want you to engage. I want you to go to communion table or I want you to go into worship or I want you to begin to pray and we're going to believe the Lord to release some captives in here. Amen? Are you ready to lift up His name? Father, we do that right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, we lift You up. We ask that the Spirit of Jesus is in this room. Satan, we bind You and we know that there is no demonic power that has authority in this room. There's no demonic power that has any authority in here. That the Spirit of God reigns in here. And as we lift You up, We pray that your presence and deliverance will come. Come now if you know someone that needs prayer. This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.